You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Heart Matters, where leading cardiology experts explore the latest trends, technologies, and clinical developments in cardiology practice. Heart Matters is produced in cooperation with the American College of Cardiology. Your host is Dr. Janet Wright, Senior Vice President for Science and Quality for the American College of Cardiology. Some evidence suggests that preventing and even reversing heart disease is possible by adhering to a plant-based diet. But lifestyle changes are often the most challenging for physicians to prescribe and for patients to adopt. What strategies can physicians use to encourage a plant-based diet for patients who have or are at risk for having heart disease? Our guest today is Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn. He's director of the Cardiovascular Prevention and Reversal Program at the Cleveland Clinic Wellness Institute in Lyndhurst, Ohio. And he's author of the book, Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease. Welcome, Dr. Esselstyn. Thank you for having me on again. It's a delight uh, to have you twice. Uh, You joined us last week to discuss the merits of a plant-based diet for preventing and reversing cardiac disease. I wonder if you could just give us a brief summary of the evidence behind that. Yeah, I think that the thing that drives us right from the start is the epidemiological data that we recognize when we look at the global pattern of coronary artery disease or heart disease. For example, it's very clear that there are certain nations which by heritage and tradition are plant-based. For example, rural China, the Papua Highlands in New Guinea, Central Africa, the Tarahumara Indians in northern Mexico. If you were a heart surgeon and you decided to go there and hang out your shingle, you could forget about it. You better plan on selling pencils because there just is not cardiovascular disease in these regions. But it's very interesting that when we look at our own young people, for example, the recall the data from the Korean and Vietnamese conflict, our young GIs who are killed in combat at autopsy at an average age of, say, 20, about 80% would have had gross evidence of coronary artery disease, as you can see, without a microscope. And literally, here they are, still in what we would consider to be the, <laughs> the warranty period. So that sort of study was repeated about 40 years later in 1999. And this time, we were looking at young women and men between the ages of 17 and 34 who have died of accidents, homicides, and suicides. And lo and behold, the disease is now ubiquitous. That is to say that everybody has this, and yet not enough yet to have a clinical coronary event. And it was interesting that when I was moderating a a panel in Los Angeles about three and a half years ago, one of my panel members was Dr. Lou Culler. And Lou Culler is a professor of public health at the University of Pittsburgh School of Medicine. And as a result of his 10-year cardiovascular health study, on that panel that day, Lou Culler made the following statement. He said that all males who are 65 and all females who are 70 who have been exposed to the traditional Western diet have cardiovascular disease and should be treated as such. So we have rather compelling evidence about, now just to summarize, from an epidemiological standpoint, where those cultures were literally plant-based in their nutrition versus those like the United States and Western nations, we rapidly begin to see the emergence of coronary artery disease. It's almost as if it's a pediatric illness that just keeps growing and growing and growing as we get older. 
Well, you see the obesity epidemic spreading now well beyond the United States into India and China and beyond. Is the diet at least partially responsible for the, no pun intended, this expansion? Yeah, it's very responsible. For instance, when you are eating Western foods, which have a very high caloric value, but a much lower nutritional value, products such as dairy, oils, meat, fish, and chicken. I mean, take, for example, all these oils that we use on foods and how dangerous they are. Oils really have no minerals. They have no fiber. They are 100% fat. You know the old saying, once it passes your lips, it's on your hips. (laughs) So... Really, uh, we have to look farther than that, and we have to look at what is it about these Western foods of oil, dairy, and meat, fish, and chicken that are injuring us so profoundly and so promptly. The evidence has begun to emerge very clearly that it is the absolute life jacket, the guardian of our blood vessels, that is being injured. That is to say, we all have this wonderful magic carpet that lines the inside of our blood vessels, and it has a name. It's called the endothelium, and the individual cells in the carpet are called endothelial cells. Well, what is it that makes them so special? They actually manufacture a gas, nitric oxide, that's with us for a few milliseconds, but it is absolutely magical in its properties. It does a number of functions. Number one, it keeps our blood flowing smoothly like Teflon rather than Velcro. Number two, It is the strongest vasodilator in the body. That is to say, when you climb stairs, the arteries to your heart widen and dilate. The arteries to your legs widen and dilate. That is nitric oxide. Number three, nitric oxide prevents the formation of inflammation in the wall of the artery. protects us from having high blood pressure. And number four, most importantly, good high levels of nitric oxide prevent us from having blockages or plaque. So you might say, well, how in the world does a system like this go astray? How does it go wrong? Well, it goes wrong because we now know that every time certain foods will pass our lips, they injure, they compromise the ability of our endothelial cells to manufacture nitric oxide. So as we go older and we're eating this Western diet, our level of protective nitric oxide gets lower and lower and lower. And it is so low by the time we're 20 years of age, we already have coronary disease. And you can just imagine that if you already have coronary disease at age 20, and you continue to eat a typical Western American diet that is reducing and making your nitric oxide lower and lower and lower, then that's when these clinical coronary events are beginning to emerge But what is so absolutely wonderful and exciting is that we have found that the body has this tremendous capacity to right itself, to right the ship. And our research, which began about 25 years ago, we asked patients to eliminate the oils, the dairy, the meat, fish, and chicken, and lo and behold, the endothelial cells recover and the nitric oxide levels are restored the progression of coronary disease is halted, and we've even seen striking examples of reversal. 
If you're just joining us, you're listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD. It's the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Janet Wright. Our guest today is Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn. He's director of the Cardiovascular Prevention and Reversal Program at the Cleveland Clinic Wellness Institute in Lynnhurst, Ohio, and author of the book, Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease. We're discussing the topic, Beyond Interventions and Medications, Further Evidence for a Plant-Based Diet in the Prevention and Reversal of Coronary Artery Disease. Dr. Esselstyn, you were explaining to us that this endothelium is not an inert lining, but a very active factory for nitric oxide, and also telling us how essentially our Western diet is poisoning the factory. I often hear in my patients and in other people, friends, a sense of nihilism about their future. They assume they're going to die of heart disease because it's hit their families. It's a very common disorder. What you were telling us a minute ago is that the effect on plaque and destruction of this wonderful endothelium is not only reversible, but actually preventable. I wonder if you'd uh, give us sort of a breakdown on the approach to keeping your endothelium healthy. Well, I think the first thing that we do, we have an intensive counseling session that we've devised over the last decade or so because so many of our patients come from outside of Ohio, they're out of state, and they can't stay any number of days in Cleveland. So we have tried to really to fine-tune and hone our counseling session to a a single intensive five-hour program. At that time, most of the patients, by the time they arrive, will have had an opportunity to read our book, which goes into some detail, so they're sort of primed to be able to ready to receive this. But at that time, they are, again, we review the epidemiology of the disease. We go over the nations where it is virtually non-existent. We also have an opportunity to try to show them really in great detail about the endothelial tissue that I just mentioned and how that is so important for the protection of our blood vessels and how it is that with the Western diet, with every mouthful, of oils, dairy, meat, fish, and chicken. And for my patients, that includes coffee with caffeine, and I don't like them to have nuts and avocado if they've already had established heart disease. So that when these patients leave, they are fully equipped and have all the knowledge and all the information. Now, you might say, well, why do we succeed? I recently went over our compliance rates over the last nine years. And with patients with cardiovascular disease, about 92% of the patients are sticking with this beyond an average follow-up of about almost four years because several things have happened. One, the thing that I think is so important is to show the patients a, a tremendous amount of respect, and we think that we do that by asking them for this intensive five-hour counseling session. This has to be, in my opinion, the most significant interaction that these patients will have ever had with a, a caregiver. When you think about it, Patients who undergo coronary bypass surgery are asleep for five hours, and that procedure does not even treat the cause of the illness. It's a temporary stopgap patch job. We like to have the patient for five hours. We like to have them awake (laughs) so they can completely understand what is the causation of their illness. And for years, it has been sort of a mantra in cardiology that patients won't change your diet, won't follow the advice. We have found just absolutely, totally the reverse. I want to uh, dwell on a couple of the results that you've seen. I guess a question some folks might have, is there any way someone can get obese or overweight eating a plant-based diet? There are calories involved. 
You could, but it would be very difficult. For instance, the, the foods that our patients are eating are uh, whole grains for all your cereal, bread, and pasta, 101 different types of different legumes and beans, all the absolutely glorious red, yellow, and green vegetables, and some fruit. Now, the only really high caloric situation here would be portion size of grains and an excess of fruit. But we ask patients to try to limit it to two or three pieces of fruit a day. And if there is a tendency at all for weight gain, it's usually due to portion size. And you can ask these people to suddenly try to decrease the flour. When you decrease any flour, you're eliminating bread, pasta, rolls, and bagels. Now, you still can have rice and some barley, couscous, or quinoa, but keep the portion size under control. I just went over the last uh, over 200 cardiovascular patients we've treated. The average weight loss is 25 pounds. Oh, my goodness, the average. Wow. And do you have any uh, one, two, three strategies you would share with the audience on how folks can maintain this diet out in a uh, an abusive culture? Well, I think there are several things that really convince our patients to stay with it. The results are so prompt for patients with heart disease. For instance, if we have somebody who has some chest pain or angina when they come to see us, and suddenly they realize that they can climb the stairs without discomfort or pain or shortness of breath, that they can walk up that little hill without a problem, that their chest pain doesn't require nitroglycerin anymore. They just absolutely immediately make that connection. They promptly see themselves losing weight. Their energy is restored. I think the thing that is most powerful of all is the fact that they recognize that we feel so strongly about this dimension of their care, the dimension of their care that has to do with eliminating the causation of the illness, that we are able to give them five hours of physician time, that that clicks with them and they say, this must be the answer. This has got to be pretty important because we've never spoken with a doctor before for five hours. And we've gotten to the point where we can do it now. The maximum group is about 10, which with their spouses is 20. It's wonderful as the group kind of warms up and the questions that come from one couple, for instance, and the other one will say to themselves, gosh, that applies to us, sweetheart. Why didn't we think of that? Right, right. The power of the group. Yeah. We've been talking with Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn about strategies for implementing a plant-based diet to prevent and reverse coronary artery disease. Dr. Esselstyn, it's been a real pleasure speaking with you today. Well, as always, it's my uh, privilege to be with you, and I hope everything goes well. You've been listening to Heart Matters on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. Heart Matters is produced in cooperation with the American College of Cardiology. For more information on this week's show or to download a podcast of this segment, please visit us at ReachMD.com. Thank you for listening.